and welcome to another episode of The Real Take. This week it's time to leave our humdrum suburban lives. This white picket fence dream is not what we want. We yearn for excitement. That's right, it's another one of our spotlight episodes. This week we rewatch Sam Mendes' 1950s romantic drama where Jack and Rose from Titanic move to the suburbs in <laughs> Revolutionary Road. Let's roll titles. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and I'll have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Movies. What do you think of that? I thought that was good. It's the sequel. That was good. Titanic. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, and yeah. actually, that's kind of what happened here. We we kind of hoodwinked you into this as well because when we were having a chat about Titanic, um, we we mentioned Revolutionary Road, and you were the only one who had seen it, and we were like, "That's a great idea for uh, for your spotlight. Let's do it." <laughs> they did. They forced me into this, but uh, I am glad that you forced me into it because mm. I read the book by Richard Yates originally, and um, I love a kind of pop culture like this that explores this idea of suburbia being really oppressive, or the idea of you know you've, you're living at your life in a three bed semi with a white bicket fence it's you know not actually the american dream it isn't cracked up uh, you know isn't what it's cracked Mm. up to be kind of vibe you know so and like things like i mean i love you know desperate housewives where you know behind these seemingly perfect front doors you you have you know darkness so you got like you know like shows like desperate housewives or american Mm. beauty also by sam mendy so this idea as well of so this darkness in suburbia but also this oh my god i need to break free of the shackles of suburbia kind of idea so is this a cry for help that's what i want to know <laughs> she says as she sits in her three-bed semi yeah Not so i think much a lot of people ne- fence, but you know what i mean no. a lot of people now would be like you know what i love a boring suburban house with a steady job yeah. <laughs> People yeah, want the American yeah. dream right now. They do. Yeah. They definitely do. Um, but you know, so I, you you had read the book before the book seeing first. the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I heard that uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio were re- re- reuniting, and Sam Mendes was going to be directing, and Kathy Bates was in there, and Michael mm. Shannon. You know, who's an actor who's always interesting to watch. So I was mm. like, yes. And were you? I'm did you person. know Michael Shannon? Because I think oh, this yeah. is kind of the first one. That what I, I was I've aware of him. Michael Shannon. In I remember people going, "Oh, he's amazing in this film." I oh, um, I'm trying to think what I saw him in first now, but mm. I definitely would have seen him on the screen before. Like he has always been that sort of amazing scene yeah. stealing, magnetic, you know, yeah, yeah. a support kind of character. You know, mm. um, you've also got David Harbour in here, which yes, I didn't realize. Copper. Yeah. Uh, mm. or Hopper even uh, from uh, and Dylan Dylan Baker um, as the kind of lush um, is that his, that's his name isn't it Dylan Baker which I'm trying to think of which character he's the the work colleague yes the drunk work colleague the drunkard yeah he is yeah. one of those yeah, yeah. that guys yeah 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 he really is so there's like an amazing cast and this idea of I mean look at I I do love a drama I do love a drama. I do love. <laughs> I know. I know. Trying to organize recording <laughs> schedules with you. 
<laughs> I love a drama and I love I like I mean when you see like I say Kate Winslet and and Leonardo DiCaprio back on screen together because they do have this amazing chemistry here in such a different way because obviously mm. you know for for Rose and Jack they're so in love whereas this is so complex this was marriage story before marriage story I'm gonna say <laughs> yes um yeah. do you, know, you think can I we kind of joked about it there and maybe I'm jumping to the end here but it's like um do you think this is what would have happened to Rose and Jack? Though? Well, funny, you know I, mean? I was going to ask the very same thing because, you know, had they like like we had, you know, in, in our Titanic episode, we discussed, you know, what would happen if, if Jack survived and, mm. you know, would they actually is it one of these things like I don't want to sort of trivialize it to, you know, a holiday romance on the sea. No, but you know, know but you know it what actually I mean? would fit in very well as well because she they 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 end up coming moving to the suburbs she is accustomed to a certain type of life that he yeah. can't really provide he tries to do that for her and then she's like no the reason i loved you was because of you know your patents in paris and that mm. bohemian lifestyle so you can definitely see it being a bit of a follow-on i yeah. think as well oh totally titanic 2 i mean oh no they've done titanic 2 although, <laughs> although it's kind of a disservice to it as well though because oh, you yeah, know it's, it's a completely it's different complex. movie yeah, yeah. there's more complex. to it yeah there's layers yeah, yeah so like the, kate and Leonardo DiCaprio play april and frank wheeler this seemingly perfect all-american couple they live in their lovely house with their children frank works in uh, New York City they I think they're in Connecticut is where, where they're based yeah. mm. uh, on one, 115 Revolutionary Road so um, Frank is in New York at the office of Knox Business Machines as a salesman and uh, it's also the place that his dad worked as a struggling salesman but um, Frank is one of these guys that you know he's unsure of what moves he should make in, a, in his career you know he's he, but at the same time he sort of carves out this little humdrum existence there um, and he doesn't want to admit that although he is bored he kind of likes being bored I'm going to say and he kind of is a bit too settled in what he's doing but he loves to go on about the fact that he's not you know he hates the job Full but failed. I think yeah, he's yeah. yeah I think he's doing that more for her um so they move out obviously to, to, to Revolutionary Road uh, uh, when April falls pregnant April on the other hand is this typical enough suburban housewife so she's bored essentially uh, she longs for adventure or some kind of creative or intellectual stimulation uh, before being married she had aspirations to become an actress but now the only outlet uh, she has is kind of getting involved with the with the local sort of um, dram society as such um, they become friends then with their neighbours so you meet them uh, you've got uh, the, the realty um, the woman who so- sold her the house um, played by Kathy Bates uh, Helen Givings is her name and her husband mm-hmm. Howard uh, also they have a nice neighbour Millie and her her husband Shep played by David Harbour and uh, to their friends the Wheelers are this perfect couple but of course that's only what they're projecting on the outside uh, there's a lot uh, going on on the on the surface of this um I should say as well that uh, the Frank and, and April met uh, in the late 40s at a, at a party and they sort of, um, Frank is this guy that like is, you know, always wants to come across as being super confident and really well spoken and commands a presence in the room, you know. And when he sort of, I suppose, woos April, this is like the big, you know, clap on the back that he needs that I can nab a girl like this kind of thing. But then he spends the rest of the time trying to sort of control her and hang on 
contour as such, you know. And he So he's a he's essentially a fifties man. Yeah. Basically. Typical fifties yeah. guy, drinks at lunch, you know, in the office, has a uh, fling with his secretary, you know, the all the typical sort of cliches. Um on his thirtieth birthday, uh this is where I suppose it's kind of crucial as well, this idea of the, the midlife, you know, you're you're thirty now, you know, this this kind of idea of all these airy fairy dreams that you had in, in your youth and your twenties need to be put to bed now because you have a family you have your white picket fence life you need to now put on your big boy pants frank you know but no frank takes his big boy pants off on his 30th birthday and has a fling uh, has sex with a secretary as you do um so uh what happens then meanwhile is helen the the real estate agent she asks april if they will meet her son john played by the incredible Michael Shannon. Um, he has just been in an insane asylum that everybody loves to kind of talk about. Um, and she thinks that the Wheelers might be able to, you know, help him, uh, maybe connect with him, kind of, you know, bring him out of kind models. of... Yeah, bring him out of kind of, you know, himself or whatever. And, you know, as I mentioned, April has, the you know, big, huge aspirations for her life, but she really is suffocating in this life of keeping house. Um, and it's sort of her who comes up with this idea of, OK, Frank, let's leave this, you know, humdrum life behind. We are better than this. Let's head off for the bright lights of Paris, of all places. And she pitches it to him like... I'll go out and support the family with my amazing acting talents and you take time out to see what it is you really want to do. Frank, well, no, you know? no, she, she doesn't quite say her heights that far. She's a bit more realistic. She's like, well, she I could be a secretary for the UN or for like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. she is, yeah, yeah. but she does deep down she, feel. She, and she definitely to wants to be an actress. Yeah, yeah. and even yeah. though, I mean, it's a bit more played out, I think, in, in, in the book more so, mm. but she's really not good. Like, at all. Um, is she not good? Though. Is well, she in, well, in the book, definitely it kind of goes into that a bit oh, more. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Or maybe she feels that like she's so above this little amdram kind of group. That well, I mean, that's now sort of thing, isn't it? Uh, regular listeners might know that I have dabbled on the stage in the past, and um, there's a scene very early on in this film where um, Frank has gone to see April in yes. one of her productions. And goes to meet her backstage. And he is not the most encouraging. No. Just no. Never, no. never go saying, into... Uh, never go into... <laughs> never go into an actor's dressing room and go, well, that was shit, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. essentially what he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this Find is something thing. you like about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? just go, oh, yeah. wow. I could really hear every line you said. Yes, yeah. just get Your something. hair looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing, and this is what is the really intriguing thing about Frank and, and April. They play, they, they their own faults are highlighted in the other person, if you know what I mean, so mm. well. And this is what they do. They bring up these things, you know, in these explosive arguments. Um, so, so over the next several weeks, the Wheelers tell their friends about their amazing plans to live in Paris. And the two, April and Frank, go really close and sort of become very, very kind of lovey-dovey with each other over this kind of, well, we're leaving here, so everything's going to be great. You know, this kind of idea of a of a of a um, band-aid over a bullet wound kind of thing mm. um, the only person who seems to comprehend their decision is John and there's a brilliant scene where he comes to the house I think it's on like for Sunday dinner or something and um, they tell of their plans and John it just is like enlightened by the, this couple he's like yes 
you know, he talks about the, they talk about the hopeless emptiness or something of, of suburban life. And he says something along the lines of, you know, well, people know about the emptiness, but nobody's ever called it hopeless, you know, and he's like, <laughs> you know, you guys are, are on to something here. Oh, there's there's hope for humanity. You're going to leave this prison of, of, of suburban life. And he really kind of clings on to it in a really intense way. And the only way that Michael Shannon can do with those amazing eyes of, of his. Um, and of course, we, the audience from the outset go, we know this like highfalutin notion of them going to Paris is never going to happen. Like, you know, <laughs> we just know this. Um, so as they are preparing for this big move, uh, the bombshell happens. Frank is offered a promotion and April becomes pregnant again. So this puts a huge spanner in the works because, of course, as I mentioned, Frank is a bit kind of up in the air. He doesn't know what he's at in terms of his job. But a promotion now is, you know, very, very secure. This is one of the like this is the 50s. It's a job for life kind of thing. You know, he'd be passing up a really, really massive opportunity. He's set like with this. And of course, now she's pregnant. There's another mate to feed. What are they going to do in Paris? That's just crazy. You know, they don't have any support or anything so frank then discovers that um april because let's be honest at this stage april's whole dream the thing that she was clinging on to the thing that was kind of saving her from the monotony of her life was this potential trip to a new life in paris now that's all coming crashing down so april really is on the brink of absolute and total nervous breakdown because she um contemplates having an abortion and they have this huge fight as i say marriage story before marriage story um and uh, april says you know that they only had their their second child to prove that the first child wasn't a mistake and it kind of really goes into okay they, these two seem like they were caught up in a fairy tale at this party life moved maybe a bit too quickly than they were ready for and now bam they are in the reality they are sort of stuck with each other for the rest of their lives and now they're not going to paris so it all begins to sort of unravel there i do um want to play you a, a tremendous scene that i think you guys will agree um this is michael shannon uh comes to the house with his parents for the second dinner and they reveal that they're not going to move to paris oh, fantastic, after all. Yeah. and yeah. michael shannon just gives a really as does leonardo DiCaprio is amazing in this as well they, they all i mean it's 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 acting one-on-one they're all sitting around the table because even kathy bates um who you know is such an amazing actress herself is very much taking the backseat like he shuts her up even at one point Michael Shannon does um so here I he is I think that's the that's the sign of a great actor though oh, from Caddy Bates you yes, know to, to know when back. to kind of go okay yeah. this is not yeah. this is not my bit but even her reaction mm. and and even uh, the 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 guy who plays Howard he, he him as well they they are overwhelmed by their son they don't understand him they don't Mm. so that's why they've put him in this uh box of being insane like part of us are are thinking this entire way through okay he's just a passionate young man like i'm sure Mm. he's not insane why have you sent him off to get electric shock therapy like you know and it's this idea again of dull uh, dull down all your emotions now bury them down and don't let anyone be having all these emotions. it's the 50s in america we're all gray we're all wearing hats Exactly. Yeah. So here's Michael Shannon just going bananas about the fact that they're not moving to Paris. I, I don't get this. I mean, what's so obvious about it? I mean, 
Okay, she's pregnant, so what? Don't people have babies in Europe? Suppose we just say that people anywhere aren't very well advised to have babies unless they can afford them. Okay, okay, it's a question of money. Money's a good reason, but it's hardly ever the real reason. What's the real reason? Wife talk you out of it or what? Little woman decides she isn't quite ready to quit playing house. No, no, that's not it. I can tell she looks too tough and adequate as hell. Okay then, it must have been you. What happened? John, please, you're being very rude. No, no, what happened, Frank? You get cold feet, you decide you're better off here after all. You figure it's more comfy here in the old hopeless emptiness after all. Huh? Oh, wow, that did it. Look at his face. What's the matter, Wheeler? Am I getting warm? All right, son, I think we'd better- You know something? I wouldn't be surprised if he knocked her up on purpose just so he could spend the rest of his life hiding behind a maternity dress. That way he'd never have to find out what he's really made of. Now look! I think that's just about enough out of you. I mean, who the hell do you think you are? You come in here and say whatever crazy goddamn thing comes into your head, and I think it's about time somebody told you to keep your goddamn mouth shut. It's not well, Frank. Not well, my ass! I don't give a damn if he's sick, or well, or dead or alive. He should keep his fucking opinions in the fucking insane asylum where they belong. I mean, just, it's just such an incredible scene. And you are, I feel the audience to an extent are Michael Shannon here. Like, because we're kind of going, but, mm. but we're also Leonardo DiCaprio because for those of us that are in this sort of scenario where we have kids and, and life is kind of, you know, we got the mortgage to pay and everything else. You know, you're sitting there and you're kind of going, I I need to, like, I, of course I'd love to go off. We'd all love to have a dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but life gets in the way and, you know, we got it. We got a man up and face the facts to, to what's going on here. Right Michael Shannon's been you know? too hard like what he's doing because he doesn't know the reason why we want to be Michael Shannon is because we see all the scenes of them two together on their own Michael Shannon doesn't see that for all he knows <laughs> they're a perfectly nice couple that he's berating yeah. um, you know so we can understand it behind him but like that's imagine having him around the guest how's the wine Michael is it alright and he goes are you ever worried that you know you'll never make as much money as your parents and they'll always look down you because they're like fucking hell Michael you deserve shock therapy you know <laughs> Oh, that's very harsh. Oh, very harsh. But he is the, I mean, he is the, the quintessential, you know, what do you, what would you say? Holy fool. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, the guy yeah. who comes in yeah, yeah. and he just speaks exactly he speaks his mind. what's yeah. on his mind, you know? And uh, yeah, he's a he great, forces great them character. He to confront this stuff. This and, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. and a uh, fantastic performance by him. And you can yeah. see kind of, I think this was, if not maybe one of his first roles, but the one that brought him to real prominence. Oh, yeah. Definitely, and and he just went from strength to strength after that, really and truly, and 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 it's just, I think as well with this, we have to talk about obviously Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Like I said at the beginning, they're totally different, um, vibe and energy with them. I mean, they loathe each loathe each other, then they try and get back together again then it's like and, but there's so many different subtleties like what about that breakfast then the next day after mm. so when when john leaves and when the givings they they head off after that really awkward outburst um 
Leonardo DiCaprio and April have a massive fight. So much so that she's laughing in his face about how much she hates him. And then the next day, they have this breakfast and it's just like, what's going We've had this explosion and now she is just checked out, hasn't she? She's just going through the motions. She's just like, yeah, tell me about your ridiculous machines that you sell and your ridiculous... And I actually thought of yeah. it differently. Like, in light of, you know, seeing the end of the movie yeah. and knowing kind of what eventually happens, you can see that scene in one way. But when I was watching it, um, and I, I suppose the idea that something like that might happen was in my mind. Mm. But I was thinking another way this could have been is, right, she's given up now and she's mm. just going to accept this totally. as... You know, I that so it could have went either way for me, and I, I think. Oh either no, way definitely it would have been. on the first viewing, mm. that's exactly the the yeah. feeling I had. Yeah. How did you guys expect this kind of jolting climax that I don't want to really spoil for people? What, what did you did that come left a field for you, or did you expect something? I mean, kind of something like that made you know it makes sense in the context of the story as mm. well. Yeah. I was hoping I was hoping it maybe wouldn't go that way, but you know, and it, not because it took away from the story or anything yeah. like that just because i fell for the characters and i didn't mm. want it to happen yeah what did you mm. think now yeah no um i it, it was either gonna go one of two ways which was there would be something and it, watching it for the first time it reminded me a little bit of a lot of those douglas sirk melodramas yeah. a little bit you know yeah. but more realistic a more realistic kind of view of that you know um so they always they always end on a big melodramatic kind of thing um or it could have it could have like i say it could have just gone with well they're just going to hate each other now for the rest of their lives yeah <laughs> yeah and and this and and there's just like I, again i don't want to kind of reveal the end but when he runs down the road he just like i mean talk about a reaction like this incredibly horrific thing and then this reaction because people react differently don't they in the face of mm. like these huge things that happen in their lives and he just runs he sprints down this road and it's just this amazing scene of him sprinting down and I think because Leonardo DiCaprio still has his baby face doesn't he in this mm. so you're kind of like you're try you just want to go oh my god like he okay he's a bit of a dick but he doesn't deserve all this and she doesn't like they both don't deserve what happens to them mm. but again it goes back like to like it, it's just so real like you could imagine something like this being you know maybe inspired by you know an article that somebody uh, spotted in the paper of how you know yeah yeah absolutely. like it, it just seems really real and like i say mm. that's something that just absolutely fascinates me in pop culture this idea of the perfect suburbia, which is never perfect, is always dark and crumbling and, you know, shattering around the character's feet. That, That's as a thing. team, sometimes I like and I know Sam Mendes, as you mentioned, did it as well in American Beauty. And, yeah. he, and I think he was hesitant initially to come back to the, uh, the subject of I think it was Kate Winslet, who um, it was his partner at the time. I'm not sure yeah, if they're still. I think they were um, married at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Who had kind of um, who got the interest in the script. I, after a certain while, I kind of get. You never like this sounds ridiculous now, but you know what isn't that bad? Suburbia. 
Suburbia is fun. <laughs> Suburbia is grand. It is. It's Suburbia all these artists and screenwriters who have this love of being poor, uh, living in a, a shitty bed a sit, all, yeah. sleeping on the floor in a city which is busting that they're romanticizing and they're, they're associating the suburbia with shackles and conformity and all that sort of stuff, which I think is a little bit, in my mind, it's a little bit like a teenager thinks you know um you know they're also you know stick it to the man by playing rock and roll it's that in my head it's that kind of setting you know because like i think it's a bit played out at this stage it makes sense in this in the 1950s context Mm. certainly especially with the constrictive gender norms out there and you can see how that would be um like obviously it's constrictive for 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 women at the time you know obviously and that's evident with kate winslet who is a, a lot more ambitious than maybe what society society is letting her be but also with with um leonardo dicaprio's character as well because it must be like four people at the time and it's probably one that gets mentioned less than constrictive gender norms of of women living at the time but imagine having to support an entire family yourself and if you lose your job or yeah. you know you, you you're oh, you fail was like and even, so intense yeah and the part where they're on about she will work and he will find himself gets sneered and sniggered at as well so they're both being held down by these uh, really really tough chains i think at the time um mm-hmm. if they were living in this day and age would things be different i don't know i think they'd still be miserable but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no the reaction from the friends is great isn't it because that is mm. exactly how people in the 1950s that are already set up with their house and their picket fence yeah. and their great job and whatever else even though they hate it like they're and you see that's the thing they seem like they, they feel so above them because these guys, whether they're happy or not in their existence, they're certainly not talking about it and they're mm. certainly going to live with their lot, aren't they? The friends. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, I see what Ross is saying. I mean, one thing that really struck me when I was watching this at the start was when Kathy Bates is driving them around and going, oh, we're just going to go around the corner here. This is not, These houses aren't really great, but... There's a lovely little house now around the corner that she, you know, yeah. that I have in mind for you. And it's huge. Oh, it's but everything, massive. Everything's huge in America. That's like yeah. small. Towns. I know, yeah. but like they have passed like smaller houses and things like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you look at, um, I mean, this is, again, It I think it's very important to remember that this was based on a book written in 1961. Yes. Um, and like it it is, you know, we have seen that kind of story a few times. I mean, even Mad Men, you look at that, mm. and even like, say, for example, Blue Velvet, that yeah. idea of, oh, you know, well. the, yeah. yeah, yeah, of of you know the the imperfect, the perfection or the Im- imperfection behind the perfect, mm. if yes. you like, you know. Um, but I do think this is an amazing. Uh, like uh, it, it's got an outstanding cast really like I was really I, I could really see having watched Titanic for our recent episode <clears throat> really with Leonardo DiCaprio who's an actor who I've not really been hugely fond of until recently but I think he had matured so much between oh, Titanic and this yeah. and Kate Winslet is fantastic powerful nuanced performances uh complexity like now i do wonder right and this is not a criticism of the film Mm. i do wonder does it work better as a book because i think 
it does yeah, have it does I would say Niall right, I would agree yeah. with you there and definitely it has that feel of is this a play maybe as well you know yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of two handed scenes yeah. isn't there between the two of them and they do them really well but you just kind of go is this cinematic now having said that the cinematography the production design are amazing you really feel like you're there in this suffocating 1950s do you know what i mean yeah. you see him going to work everybody's gray everybody's wearing the gray hats and all that and like it's amazing when you say kind of oh he's turning 30 and you yeah. kind of go oh, that's like <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um but it it is really this like you say it's the dark side of the american dream you know which is yeah. i think movies will always be making stories like this really yeah. um and you see this like as well this and it i don't think the film really grapples with it but this post world war 2 you know mm. apparently um that there were talks about this film or sorry the book being adapted into a film as way as long back as 1961 now i don't know what that would have looked like yeah. do you know what i mean um but I wonder just with that kind of the memory of World War Two and just ending, would that have brought something a little bit in there? But this this idea, I suppose, of, um, you know, the, the not the it's not the lost generation, but they're they're kind of a, a generation they're floundering that a bit, aren't they? they are floundering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is like I, I'm really glad I saw it. I don't know how it kind of missed. I guess I just went. I don't really like Titanic, so I'm not going to watch the two of them. <laughs> well, you know, I definitely would. I would encourage you to read the book because it's a it's a, it's a bit more fleshed out, um, and uh, like now, and, and you, but you'd fly through it at the same time. It's right? A, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. A very quick read, like as well. Um, but I have to say, like, as I, I because I enjoyed the book so much, and then when I saw the lineup of cast, I was like, I have to see this, and like, yeah, anything, like Michael Shannon really does absolutely steal those scenes when he's in mm. it and he's only in it mm. for a very short time and he's he's just so brilliant in it um, i'm never going to be in a film with michael shannon no he'll just he'll know, just yeah, steal he'll, it actually i was just looking us. through his his um imdb as we were going through there uh he actually so after this then i don't know if you guys have seen it i've seen it as well i went on a bit of a michael shannon uh fetch uh, mm. uh, sort of uh, thing after this but the runaways um about joan jett he plays the manager oh yeah very oh. good uh, if you haven't seen that was 2020 2010 sorry uh before this though you're talking about let me just see a movie called bug it looks like ashley judd is in it he was in pearl harbor as well that's based course. on a trace that's a based on a play the, the guy bug? who wrote uh yeah okay. the guy who wrote killer joe oh yeah tracy yeah, yeah. let's yeah oh very good and yeah. he was in bad boys too which i'm trying to <laughs> well, hang on. I think where, where that was. Um, well, now, do I have to have seen Bad Boys 1 to yeah, understand yeah. Bad Boys 2? Uh, he also was in. I don't remember him in Vanilla Sky. I don't Green. either. No, no. Don't and I've that. seen Bad Boys 2, and yeah. I don't remember him in that. Um, and well, he was kind of a. He, he would have been a that guy before he. Be- yeah, he definitely was impossible to be guy. ignored, you know. Yeah, he definitely <clears throat> was a back that that guy. Did you see that one? I'm trying to find the name of it now. He he plays. Um, is it the one take shelter? Is that the one? Did we watch? Yeah, that we this? spoke about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was excellent. Yeah, where he's more of a brilliant. central role. That was yeah. brilliant. Um, 
He's kind and of, he's in mud. Mud is great. Mud is Matthew great. McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, he he's he, you, he's memorable in mud. He absolutely is. So he's yeah, he's one of these um, guys that was working steadily, steadily along, happy to play those supporting roles, but really. You know when he, he can hold his own, he really can hold his own in um, a, a movie just focused with him. Mm. Let's say as as a lead leading actor. Have you seen? And possibly this is going to be a uh, a future spotlight episode, yeah. a film that he starred as the lead in called Pottersville. No, but I see it popping up there. Is it more of a period <laughs> piece? Is it Pottersville is a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> in which Michael Shannon plays a beloved local businessman who is mistaken for a Bigfoot. Oh. And then <laughs> and then kind of leans into it. So basically okay. he becomes like a tourist attraction. So because he's so tall, I suppose. Wow. It just seems but look, I mean, I always say I have no like uh, nothing but respect for an actor who acts. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, I have not seen this, but maybe maybe this is our Christmas episode Pottersville okay. Pottersville 2017 well, for me if you're looking for a movie that isn't ridiculous starring Michael Shannon um, <laughs> uh, I think Nocturnal Animals was the first one where I stood up and paid oh. a lot of attention oh, to okay. is, is that with uh, Amy Adams <clears throat> Amy Adams has yeah. quite a good cast Jake Gyllenhaal Jake Ayler, oh Taylor, I don't think I've seen that for Tyler, me John, actually I, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's a bit of an unusual one, but it's it, it certainly oh, works. Okay. But um, but we're not here talking about no, no. Michael Shannon. We're here talking about we're talking about the Wheelers. Road. Yeah. And so actually, um, my problem with the Wheelers are is oh here we go. <laughs> they are very very frustratingly childish. Oh, they are. You know, they are so childish. Yeah. They might have the appearance of adults. They might dress in, you know, suits and dresses and, and have kids and have all the appearances of being grown-ups. But they're very, very childish. That's so selfish, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the but they, they, are, they are 30. Like, they are around yeah. 30. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was watching it going... What was I like when I was 13? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't mm. getting dressed But you dressed weren't in living in the 1950s. And, do you know what I mean? I, mm. Yeah, but they, I guess people then, were... you know? But it was, what? Though. Yeah, I mean it yeah, was, true, but true. was it? Why should you be any more mature than a thirty-year-old now? You know. Enter well, they would have been the just. Yeah, <laughs> no, they would have been just just as a result of the time. But also, you know what? Paris is not going to be like Paris is going to be just the same as Connecticut for them. It's not no, going to change you know, one thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'll probably find like uh, that's it. It's this grass is always greener thing, you know. Yeah. They, they're going to exactly. slip into a humdrum existence there, and they'll, you know, there's that's the that's the point I think as well, Ross. They're mm. trying to escape something that's going to always just look. Kind of, they're they're yeah. just trying something aren't they yeah, because it's not it, yeah. working at the moment yeah. so and even at that they're yeah. like you'll find your calling and he's like yeah i don't really have a call <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> uh, you know it's quite obvious you haven't really got one you know just enjoy <laughs> just enjoy yourself you know yeah that's it and like she, that's why in that breakfast but she scene. wants to see him like when they met at that party yeah you know what i mean at the start of the film she wants to see that fire back in him she does. and it's yes. it's gone oh completely so gone. Like what do you do? Yeah, and you yeah. see, it's 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 re the whole thing really is two people who should never have gotten together. Really, I would say <laughs> in the first place, their lives coming apart at the seams because really codependence just turns into an absolutely horrific marriage, and uh, you know it really sort of yeah, it's just like it, it, it's 
it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do not. Well, yeah. I don't remember that from the and... Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tale as old as time. time, as codependent as you can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I just think, yeah. No, the, but I, I mean, think... look, I mean, I, it's, I know, I, I absolutely agree with you, and this is, I guess, the tragedy of the, and but it's so realistic as it's well. So isn't realistic, it? and the, at yeah. the end, I don't know about you, I know you, Niall, you have a sort of, you do sometimes get a dusty eye. I absolutely wept at the end. I was like, oh my god, this is just, yeah. I just found it really tragic, and just there was no hope for them, really, was there? Hmm. Right. Mm. Tell you what it seems like to me. It seems like in some ways, Leonardo. Here's the man with a with a with a heart of stone. He's going to act through all of it. Yeah. This sounds bad, right? Well, not really bad, but it seems like by the end of it that he has kind of, in some way, found a bit of his calling, and maybe it was right there in front of him all the time. Yeah. You know, in the thing of being a dad. That's what I was going to say about the breakfast. You know, she's like. She she's like you know listen kind of listening maybe um mm. to him talk about these computers and he draws them out on the napkin and he's all delighted with his life and she's just sitting there sort of blankly and she was like you know you should be proud in your work and you should she was just like feeding him sort of what he wants to hear mm. you know and uh he's well like, it must oh, have been tough for so him much. as well to have you could uh, you know have a uh you know it's definitely tough on her as well jesus especially when you see the encouragement he was giving her in the acting at the start mm. but um where like his wife is in no way happy with him or proud of him and it's fairly obvious you know as well that wasn't to be <laughs> that must be pretty hard on him too but uh yeah they're terrible for each other oh yeah that's the whole thing she reflects mm. back the sort of disdain that he feels about himself and he mm, yeah. reflects to her you're not a great actress you're not yeah. gonna make it yeah, you're just yeah. a housewife and that's the thing that's why it works so well that's why these guys are friggin amazing actors and why they work so well together mm. kate and leo come on make another movie. yeah i gotta say i think kate for me um impressed me much more than leo i i agree yeah i think well, you she, guys don't she like leo the, well, it's not that I don't like him. I've come to like him. I really enjoyed his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think yeah. like he's he's aging into a much more mature actor. Um, but I think she is maybe it's just maybe it's the part and obviously mm. she was she was she found the project and she approached Sam Mendes and said, Well I don't know if approach is the word. They probably, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. She, she brought it up, she you know. Yeah, and say and waved it in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was um, like, he was like, all right, I'm sorry. I'll bring you out for dinner. I hope you, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry if I upset you. <laughs> um, you know, so obviously it was a passion project for her, and you can see. And I, I wonder, like, is it, uh, is the part just that maybe a little? And I know Ross is kind of. But swinging for for Frank there, but is the part just a little better written? Is April Possibly. just a little better written? You know. Yeah. Well, you see, women just generally are. You know that we've got layers. You know. So many <laughs> well, I mean, considering <laughs> it's it's written by by uh, by a man, well, like the book is written by a man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm and again, like I would say, like if it was made in 1961, would it be a completely different film? Yeah. 
You know yes. what I mean? Would it lean more into what Ross is saying? You know what I mean? The yeah. the responsibilities of, of the the breadwinner or the man or what have you and the, the flighty wife going, oh, you must find your passion and we will run away to Paris and yeah. I will, you know, I will I will support but you, you see, but also be an actor. But you see, the, in the scene that we played, that's why Michael Shannon's part there works yes, so you well. Need, you need you him, need there. him yeah, there. Because he highlights and he goes, oh, maybe wifey talked you out of it. And she gives him this amazing look and you're like, oh, and he goes, no, she's strong. It was you, Frank. You did. <laughs> and then he goes berserk. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I was. I, I've asked you over here as a favor, you bastard. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> as a favor to your mum. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then they just keep going. He's not well, Frank. Or he's not well. And you're going mm. really. He's just yeah. speaking his mind because he's just like a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> oh. I love the scene where they're like, "Would you like a drink?" And the mum's like, "We're okay for drinks." And he's like, "I will have a drink." <laughs> yeah, give me all yeah. the scotch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three ice cubes up to the brim of the glass. Yeah, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. fuck it. So what do you, I mean, I think of all the characters in the film, I would be Kathy Bates's husband who has the oh. hearing aid. Oh, he just kind of turns end. it that, Yeah, he is the ending, ending scene as well. Yeah. yeah. What a great ending. Absolutely Just kind brilliant. of tune, literally tunes out. But you see, everyone knows, even today, everybody knows a Kathy Bates and they're always either mm. receptionists, real estate <laughs> agents, do you know what I mean? Uh, doctors, receptionists, Radio yeah, host. Yeah, yeah. Hang yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> any any receptionists who are listening, uh, we love you. You know, you know. <laughs> you like to know what's going on. Come on, own it is what I'm going to say. Um, talk, tell me about a receptionist that you have met that doesn't know everything about everything. Well, uh, no, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're skirting around that one, O'Brien. You know, fine, well. But yeah, I think, yeah. Kathy Bates what's, we've all met a Kathy Bates in this movie in our lives what's the message by the end because basically she, Kathy Bates is talking and kind of bitching oh, and gossiping Kathy Bates will always and he just do turns, that that's yeah. what I mean yeah she's gonna she's gonna uh, always and he just turns be- off his hearing aid is the message the key to happy yeah but is the message in it the key to a happy marriage or a long lasting marriage is you know ignore each other or like yeah. to, you know Go off in your own direction every well, now and then. I definitely don't think it's uh, the key to a happy marriage, but it's like... No, I, I didn't say happy, are, I said long-lasting. <laughs> yeah, well, we are in this situation now, so what's the alternative? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Like, you're back in 1961. Even in America, I think divorce would have been oh, scandalous, yeah. you know? Yeah. Scandalous. Um, I mean, at least so... he has a hearing aid he can turn off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's absolutely. There was no such thing as noise, noise cancelling headphones back then. (laughs) (laughs) But the and and the thing is, he plays that sort of long suffering, sort of yes dear kind of guy. Yeah, but so well. But then you're like, no, he really has so much he wants to say. And then when he does say something, it's actually quite you know, it can be quite profound. But then he looks at her the way he looks at her at the end, as she prattles on about this, you know. Mm. And uh, she goes, oh, I never liked the wheelers ever, anyway, or whatever. Mm. And you're just going, oh, come on. You're with him this in that, so aren't you? You're full of here. shit. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. to uh, quickly give a shout out to Catherine Han as well, who plays uh, David Harbour's wife. I can't remember yes. the character's name. Yes, well. Millie. Fantastic actress. Yeah, brilliant um, actress. Yeah. yeah. So and she anytime knows I see something, her doesn't anything, she? Yeah, Usually yeah. you would see more comedy roles. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 
you yeah. would, you would. And like the thing as well, there's a great scene where they all go out dancing and they've t- pa- yeah i think people know that paris isn't going to work out or they i think yeah or they're the, the cracks are starting to show at this stage and they go out dancing it's kind of like a, a, a is it a bar is it kind of a diner bar they get food there as well anyway mm. but um catherine han uh or Cathy han she sees this whatever that's going on maybe between shep and uh and, and April. April yeah April. and it's so it's so subtle but brilliant isn't it although mm. earlier in the movie as well when they first find out they're moving to Paris there's a scene where she is brushing her hair Catherine Han and uh, David Harbour is coming in out of the uh, out of the bathroom and you see the look on her face yeah. Catherine Han's face and it says so much I think yeah. Um, it says well it's almost well to me you know maybe I'm reading too much into a look but I, I think it's intentional where you can tell she knows her husband's in love with Kate oh, Winslet yeah. and she's wondering how he's going to react to this I think and she the relief when she is relieved thank yeah, you I thought yeah. that as well yeah because she, she was worried that he might be fury or angry or I don't know upset or you know or want a divorce or I you, you don't know but she sees in that moment that he's going to stay with her I think which is yeah. why she seems so relieved which is very like it's sad in itself you know that, that, that yeah that oh yeah scene. and like like Frank you know he he admits his uh, infidelity or whatever with his secretary but there was always that sort of you know what is he at all day long as I'm here in the house with the kids kind of thing you know as well mm. and like that which like David Harbour I mean there was the, you could see the potential then couldn't you like how how great he was in that little role that he had yeah there. yeah um, another actor kind of who yeah. has only recently I suppose gotten the exposure that that he deserves really, but has really been deserves. working for years and years yeah yeah and he mm. plays such a such a great uh, part as, as Shep in that um it's just brilliant and then the end as well with himself and Leonardo DiCaprio it's just there's so much going on in, in that sequence as well um yeah brilliant i mean it look at it's a masterclass in acting is what we're going to say with regards to Revolution yes Road. absolutely i would yeah. absolutely agree it is yeah, yeah. fantastic performances all around um, I but I I maybe would say, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, watch it for the acting. Come on. Yeah, I ah, no I no really, it is really it is worth it. it is worth watching. It definitely is a great great film. Yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah absolutely. So we hope you enjoyed our spotlight episode examining Revolutionary Road. I'm off just to close the white picket fence. I'll talk to you next time. I'm off to find my passion in Paris. I'm off to go be a dickish house guest to people. <laughs> you are the you are the Michael Shannon, all right. Yeah, speaking truth to my myself and Sinead's unhappy relationships. <laughs> Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down, having fun and talking movies. La da 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 talking movies You have been listening to The Real Take presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leahy and Niall O'Brien Our music was provided by actor, artist and musician Will Guppy You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy and you can find us on Twitter 
Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at therealtakepodcast at gmail.com. See you at the movies.